Blog Talk Radio.
I am, Jehovah, the mighty God. Well, good evening, and welcome to Miracle Internet Church. I'm Pastor Sabrina, and we are all glad that you are here. But most of all, we're happy that the Godhead is meeting with us tonight. And the words that he will speak to us will bring life to us. Amen? Amen. We want to thank the Father for all that he has done and all that he's doing to us. Many of you are getting breakthroughs that you've never had before, and we're going to keep believing God for more breakthroughs with recovery. Amen? You know, there are times when it seems like we're stuck, but we're not. We're on the verge of what is going to happen next. So we need to be patient with the Lord. We can't see all the details from the other side, you see. All we can know is what we experience on this side. It causes us to have to grow in trust with the Lord. Amen. It causes us to have to grow in trust with the Lord. And that's essential for Christian growth. We have to know that we are growing daily in trusting our Lord and Savior, in trusting him in ways that we maybe didn't think about before. Why? Because when the winds of adversity come to blow, we need to be well-grounded and well-rooted knowing that God is on our side, knowing that he's going to do what's best for us, knowing that he will deliver us, knowing that he'll change the circumstances in due time. And in the meantime, he'll change us. Amen. We have to know these things. And we get to know God through his word. We get to know God through his word. Amen? So I want to encourage you to spend as much time in the scriptures with the Lord as you are able to. It will stand you in good stead when trouble comes. The more that you place the word down in your spirit, down in your heart, that you will have that firm foundation to stand on when the winds of change show up, because they do show up. Amen? Life is full of much transition, and some of it's quite swift. So we need to know that we're anchored in God, and we need to know him by his word. You see, there have been people that have attempted to know God through their emotions. That's not the way to get to know God. The way you get to know God is through his word and watching him use his word in your life. You get to know God through his word, through the scriptures, 
believing the scriptures, applying the scriptures to your life, and watching him use his word, manifest his word in your life. The Bible says they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. You get to know God through his word. So I'm encouraging you to spend more time in the scriptures. Those of you who still do not play the scriptures over yourself as much as possible, I want to encourage you to do so, especially when you go to bed at night, to play the King James Version of the Bible over you as you sleep. It makes a difference. It makes a difference in your atmosphere. It makes a difference in your warfare, and it makes a difference in you. Amen? So I'm going to encourage everybody to do that. It's important to do that. It's essential to do that. Amen? I always do it. In fact, the word is playing in my home even when I must go out. I never turn it off. It doesn't matter what's happening. I never turn it off, nor do I turn it down. And wherever I am in my home, I can hear it. Why? Because God speaks to us through his word. He brings to our mind and to our remembrance the things he has said. And that's one of the easiest ways to do it to stay connected in the word, letting it play over you. Some of you have the blessed uh, position of being able to do it at work as well. So fill yourself with the word. It's getting darker and darker and darker in the world. Fill yourself to overflow with the word of God. Amen? There's no way. Any of us are going to make it through the days that are present and the days that are approaching without being filled with the word of God. We're called to have a ready answer, a ready answer. Well, where does the ready answer come from? It comes from the word of God that we planted in our hearts. Amen? Amen. So a special welcome to all of our first-time listeners. We are a Christian, Protestant, non-denominational, international church, and we meet on the Internet every Wednesday evening and Friday evening at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time in the United States of America and whatever time that happens to be where you are. Some of you say, well, I live in Australia, and I can't listen when you all are on the air. Well, guess what? That's why we have archived sermons. Right on the website, across the banner, it says archived sermons. You can go to the archived sermons, and you can click on that link, and you can scroll down to the needed service. Amen? And you can listen and participate. Well, how am I participate? Well, the chat room is still open. You can still put your comments in. They will be received. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, most of you know we have an app. It's found where? 
in your app store on your cell phone. It surely is, whether you have an Android or an Apple device. You may download it to your telephone, to your cell phone. And when the, band, when the page comes up across the top, see three white lines across the black background. Click the three white lines. They open up all the other links. So there's never a time that you cannot connect with the ministry, no matter where you live on the planet. We're available 24 hours a day because everything about the ministry is on the website. You can also uh, write pastor at gproom at outlook.com. And please use commas and, and periods and paragraphs. It helps. Amen? So, there. You're not alone. You're not isolated. You can be just as much a part of this ministry as everyone else. You know, there have been people that tried to tell me that um, they were uh, on the other side of the country somewhere, and I'm like, hmm, well, guess what? When you get home from work, you can click on and start listening, and you'll get all the juicy tidbits that everyone else received. Don't cut yourself short or give yourself an excuse. God is busy, and he's helping people that wish to be helped. Amen? God is helping people who wish to be helped. Praise the Lord. So I would encourage your continued attendance, and I would encourage everybody to come up to the chat room. We have a, yes, MIC radio chat right across the banner. Amen? Just because. Uh, you pick up the broadcast as we're closing. Doesn't mean you can't listen to the sermon and add your own um, your own comments in the chat room, just like everyone else. Amen. Just like everyone else, you have that opportunity. You need to avail yourself to it. Amen. Well, I've been under attack. And this has happened and that has happened. Well, I want to encourage you to do something about that. Come up to the chat room and to scriptures during the week, just like everyone else, to encourage your brethren and sisters in Christ. You will find that when you do that, the blessing returns to you multiplied. The encouragement that you need will come to you because you've sown seeds of encouragement. Now you can sit there and have a pity party, or you can come up into the chat room and play scriptures of encouragement every day, just like everyone else does, as often as you can. And you will find that God will encourage you when you need encouragement. So you can't say, I can't do this, and I can't do that, and I can't do the other. I put, I posted something in, and it disappeared. Well, repost it. Amen. Repost it. You see, if you run away every time the devil says boo, he's going to keep doing that. Amen. 
we deal with the people who help us with the website, and they come up and they do little things in the background to help minimize that as much as possible. But the devil is busy. He attacks the website regularly. So just because it disappeared doesn't mean you can't repost it. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Some of you are in special situations. I've given you special instructions. Use them. Amen? Get out of your flesh and use what you've been given to use. Those of you that are having a, a serious warfare, guess what? Use all of those boot camp scriptures when you do warfare. Not one or two of them, all of them. All of them. Not one or two, not three or four, all of them. Brother Bill has been nice enough to post them over and over and over and over and over and over again. So everyone should have a listing of the boot camp scriptures. So when you write me and I tell you use all the boot camp scriptures, you shouldn't be saying to me, well, which one is that one? Excuse me? That means that you have not been in the chat room doing what is your responsibility to do toward yourself. Amen? They've been posted over and over and over and over again. Praise God. You know, there's another matter I I think maybe we need to take up as well. You see, before every broadcast on Wednesdays and Fridays, I post announcements and information that everyone needs to know. Some of you have never read any of it. It tells you when you, what to do. It, invi- it, it encourages you, sermon. It tells you to ask the Holy Spirit to direct you to the messages that you need to hear. You will be rewarded for your obedience. It says that tithes, offerings, and gifts of support are received on this website under Giving at Miracle Internet Church. Yes, there's a link up there for that. It tells you absolutely, positively everything you need to know about that. And I won't go into detail. This particular announcement says all such, which is sent by mail, must be made out to Miracle Outreach Ministry. And it tells you why. So I want to encourage those of you who have never read the announcements that are posted on Wednesday and Friday before the broadcast to go back and read them. That means that um, you've missed some things. That's right. You've missed some things because that part has been updated. Amen. Praise the Lord. So let us do our own due diligence that we need to do, and God will bless us accordingly. Amen. The Lord will bless us. Amen. There's no reason for anyone to feel isolation. That isolation feeling is a demon. You know what to do with demons. You've been trained and taught what to do about a demon. 
It's not the truth, and it's not the fact. God lives inside your vessel. It's impossible for you to be isolated. That's not possible, not in the natural nor in the spirit. God lives inside your body. Not to mention, you are connected to this ministry if you're a member of Miracle Internet Church. You are connected to us in the spirit. It's not possible for you to be isolated. So for you to entertain such a notion means you're listening to the lies of the devil. Amen? You're not allowed to entertain the lies of the devil. That's what 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5 is about. That's why you bind every thought. Amen? So now, let's do what we know to be right. And when we do, we shut the door to the devil. Amen? If you're tired doing warring, ask the Lord to give you some rest. If you don't ask your Heavenly Father, he says you have not because you ask not. God, you need rest? Ask your Heavenly Father. We will be in agreement with you. Amen? God didn't place you down here by yourself. He placed you in the body of Christ. So to say that you're isolated and all alone means that you are not in agreement with the word of God. You're not in agreement with God. You're off in your flesh. And you're trying to work up a pity party. That won't work. What works is the word of God. Amen? What works is the word of God. Praise God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you for everything that you're doing for us. Many of us are getting set free. We're breaking through. We're going through boundaries that the enemy put up. Why? Because we're trusting you and we're believing you. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus for every member of Miracle Internet Church that where there is any place of unbelief in their lives, that you would point it out to them, put it right in our faces so we can see it and acknowledge it and admit it to you, that we have gaps of faith. We have places of unbelief in our lives. Whenever we come on the air, Lord, we ask you to forgive us for having an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. So, Father, we ask that everyone who has this is convicted so they will clearly understand that they are departing from you in refusing to believe you and trust you fully. Amen? We don't want anyone to be lost, not anyone. And so we say to you, spend time with the Lord, not looking at how long you've been in this mess or how long the tragedy's been going on. No. Improving your relationship with the Lord, placing his word in your spirit, 
believing him to deliver you and to set you free from whatever the need is. Believing him to bless you. Believing him to bring a conclusion to your troubles. Amen? Amen. That's what we have to do. That's what we all must do. There are no exceptions. Every Christian must do this. Yes, the warfare is intense. It's intense for everybody. Some people even more so. But you have to continue to do what works. The word works. God works. The blood works. Amen? So, Heavenly Father, for those that are having particularly difficult warfare, we ask you to help them where they are weakened. If they're weakened physically, we ask you to strengthen them physically. We also ask that you strengthen them in their inner man, that they will be able to withstand the attacks and persecution of the enemy. We want to thank you that our Lord Jesus Christ has already taken this persecution and these attacks on himself in our place. So the part that we must endure, he will help us to endure. Some of you have a very uncomfortable warfare, even physically. And you say it's been going on this long time. That means God has maintained you and sustained you this long time. Why? Because he wants you to know that you have to trust him. You have to believe him. You can't just rely on what you've learned and what you know. You must need be trust him completely. And you can ask him to help you to trust him more. You can ask him to draw you closer to himself. You can do that. You can ask the Father to draw you closer to himself. Amen. And when you do look at your life and your circumstances, evaluate it according to the word, not according to your emotions and your own thoughts. Amen? Amen. We need you to do this. Because, see, we are a body together. We're a body together. And if one of us has unbelief, it affects all of us. If one of us is sitting here having pity parties, it affects the rest of us. If one of us is in rebellion, it affects the rest of us. It's no such thing. As the devil stomps on one person's toe and nobody else in the entire ministry feels the effect. It's just not so. So now, let's go forward together knowing that our brethren will pray for us. If we need them to pray, we can ask the Father, Father, have my brethren pray for me. And they will. 
God will tell them what to pray and they'll pray. Amen? So let's not sit up and say, oh, we're isolated. We're by ourselves. Nobody's nobody's particularly concerned about me. That's not the truth. You're sitting up there listening to the lies of the enemy. Rebuke yourself. Rebuke yourself and tell yourself the truth. Forgive yourself for doing that and tell yourself the truth. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us clearly that you have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, Lord, there are persons in this ministry who have the fear of man. They also have the fear of attacks from the enemy. And they need to come to you. Counsel them according to the truth. They need to open their hearts before you and admit that they are afraid. They're afraid of further attacks from the enemy. They're afraid of man. They're afraid of some witch and some warlock and some wizard. They're afraid of some demon. Well, if that's your case, you need to go to the throne. You need to go talk to your heavenly father and the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit can ask the Holy Spirit, who is the comforter, to come comfort you. You can ask the Lord to come and show you how to deal with what you're dealing with. You can't sit there and act as though you don't ever know what to do because that's not the truth. God lives inside you. He didn't pack up and go to Iowa and leave you in California. Amen. Praise the Lord. That I'm isolated stuff. No, you're not. Tell yourself the truth. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, I take authority, dominion, and power over the spirit of fear. I bind him in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind fear of further attack and persecution by the enemy in the name of Jesus. I take authority, dominion, and power over the fear of man. I bind it in the name of Jesus Christ. And all other fears, Father. In Jesus' name, fear that it'll never stop, and fear of the demons, and fear of the witches, fear of the warlocks, fear of the wizards, fear of anything else. I take authority, dominion, and power, and I bind it in the name of Jesus Christ. I chain it with eternal chains under darkness. I send it into the spiritual cage and to the feet of Jesus for judgment. Feel free to call. Feel free to call. Anxiety and stress over what the devil is doing. I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. 
Deep breath and cough. You know, you got to repent of that at some point. Amen? So, Lord, it should be that if fear knocks at our door, faith answers. Amen? Faith is supposed to answer. You know, some people stay in a, in a, in a fix longer than they should because they won't give God the faith he wants them to give him. Yes, they have some faith, but it's not where God wants it to be. They, they have these hindrances that they're not dealing with properly. They've got hindrances that they're not dealing with properly. They focus on the warfare, but where the focus needs to be is, Father, am I doing it all just the way you want it done? Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the fact that you are our light and our salvation. Of what, then, shall I be afraid? You are the strength of our lives, and of whom shall we be afraid? We will not be afraid of sudden fear or any other kind of fear, because you, Lord, are our confidence, and we know you will keep us safe at all times. You have given great peace to us, and you have told us, don't let our hearts be troubled, neither let our hearts be afraid. For the gift of peace you've given to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. We are so very grateful, Father, that we have not received the spirit of bondage to fear. I take authority, dominion, and power in the name of Jesus Christ over every bondage to fear in Jesus' name. Over every bondage to fear in Jesus' name. I break its grip and hold right now in Jesus' name. I break its grip and hold right now in Jesus' name. I break its grip and hold right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus has set us free from every bondage. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the gift of peace which you've given to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. We are so very grateful, Father, that we have not received the spirit of bondage to fear. Instead, we have received the spirit of adoption that causes us to cry, Abba, Father. Thank you for adopting us into your family. Father, we know that you are our helper. You sent the Holy Spirit to help us. Therefore, we will never fear what men can do to us. You're right here. You're right here. We just call your name the name Jesus. We can ask the Holy Spirit to comfort us. We can ask our Heavenly Father to do whatever we need done. We can ask him to step in. He loves us. He'll do it. Amen? 
it's a wonderful realization to know that there is no fear in your love. In fact, we rejoice in the certainty that your perfect love casts out all fear from our lives for delivering us from the torments of fear. You have not given us the spirit of fear, for you have given us a spirit of power. You have authority over that fear. Use it. You have given us a spirit of love and of a sound mind. We ask, Father, that you fill us with your love now as we receive it by faith in your promise, in Jesus' name. So I release upon the members of Miracle Internet Church the love of God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you very much. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Our God is great. He is powerful and mighty, and he's mighty on our behalf. Amen? He's our refuge. He's the high tower that we run into and we are safe. Amen? That's right, sister. I receive the love of God in the name of Jesus Christ. You have to choose to receive it. Amen? Praise the love of the name of Jesus. There's no reason for us to fear any situation. So the devil tried to kill you on the highway, all right? Well, he's tried to kill me on the highway for years. It hasn't worked yet, and it never will. I wish I could show you a picture when I used to own that um, Honda Accord. I wish I could show you a picture of what it looked like after that car hit me. But you see, the devil's still lost. In fact, after I got it back to going down the highway, I went straight to church where I was headed anyway. No, I did not go to the hospital. I went to church. Amen. No, I did not go to the emergency room that night. I went to church. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 22, Ye shall not fear them, for the Lord your God, he shall fight for you. Do you believe that? You have to believe it. Only you can choose to believe it. No one can make you do that. Amen? You must choose to believe it and to embrace the word of God and to take it into your own heart and life and say, yes, I'm not going to fear them because my Lord God is fighting for me. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I take authority, dominion, and power, fear of missing heaven, over nightmares and terror, torments and horror, men in fear, 
fear of man, fear of death, fear of the oppressing sword, anxiety and stress, faint-heartedness, the fear of death, untrusting and faithlessness, heart attacks, and fears and phobias. I bind them all in the name of Jesus Christ. I chain them with eternal chains under darkness, send them into the spiritual cage, and to the feet of Jesus for judgment. Saints, God has been talking to us for four years now about getting the fear out of our lives. He means business. He means business. And we need to take him seriously. Amen? He's not saying it just to have something to say. He means for us to get it done. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Authority over fear of rejection. We bind that fear in the name of Jesus. Jesus took rejection for us, saints. Jesus took rejection for us. So we can walk right on, step right over it, and keep on moving. There's always going to be somebody that rejects you, and it really doesn't matter who it is or why they do. You need to step right over it and keep on going with the Lord. But my feelings are hurt. Well, those are the feelings that you need to crucify. Yes, you are crucified with Christ. Every time somebody doesn't like you, doesn't mean you want to crawl in a hole and and not come out. No, we don't do that. There's going to be somebody that doesn't like you just because they have decided not to like you. So what? There's nothing you can do about them. You pray for God to get through to them, and you go on about your business. God loves you. They need to grow up. Amen? Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Some of us have paranoia. Yes. Some of us have paranoia. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, for my position, seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, I bind spirits of paranoia in the members of Miracle Internet Church in Jesus' name. I bind your evil works, devil, in Jesus' name. I bind your evil works in Jesus' name. I bind your evil works in Jesus' name. That's right. And I ask you to convict those members that that's what they're walking in. And let them come to you, Lord, and truthfully confess it before you that healing may begin. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name. Father, we want to thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. We want to thank you for Jesus Christ. We want to thank you for all the protections that you have given us. We want to thank you for all the love that you've displayed. We want to thank you for the inheritance that we've received through Jesus Christ our Lord. We want to thank you for a new life 
We want to thank you for our life. We want to thank you, Lord, for the life in Christ that's been afforded to us. We want to thank you for the freedom and the liberty that you've given us, for the grace that you poured out upon us. We have more promises than we are aware of, but you are faithful to us regardless. We want to thank you for your faithfulness to us, and we want to express our gratitude and appreciation for your love. Thank you for the wall of fire that surrounds us with your glory in the midst. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for linking shields. Thank you for the angels that you've released, even your praising angels over us. We want to thank you for every protection, even when you use other people to do that for us. Thank you, Lord. It's you moving on our behalf. We want to thank you that we're covered in the blood, that you are our shepherd and we shall not want. You supplied all of our needs according to your riches and glory, and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We cast down all imagination and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. We cast all of our cares upon you because you care for us. You care. If nobody else cares, you do. You care, and we will not deny it. We want to thank you for enabling us to walk in divine health, Because you're the God who heals us, inside and outside. We want to thank you for prosperity and good health and the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. We want to thank you for the Holy Scriptures. They teach us about you. They instruct us in righteousness. They correct us when we're wrong, and they keep us in the path that pleases you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan, the strong man, all of his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his underlings, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders. We cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name, We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and their wicked powers. We close and seal all portals, channels, open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and the workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong man and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit, sources of all witchcraft attacks. And we return the attacks onto the heads of the devils that bring them 
to cling to them for eternity. We send those attacks back to its source, whatever its source may be. We send all of the attacks back to the source, wherever and whomever the source may be. We bind all trafficking, reporters, listeners, watchers, peeps, whisperers, familiar demons, all electronic, digital, and technology demons and their attacks, and particularly digital demons with reference to our money. Digital demons with reference to our money. We bind Leviathan spirits and their attacks, brainwashing and Kundalini spirits and their attacks, water marine spirits and their attacks, devils and their attacks, unclean spirits and their attacks, passive devils and their attacks, pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation spirits, artificial intelligence, smart dust, sorcery devils and their attacks, seducing, womanizing, drone spirits and their attacks. The Havana Syndrome, brain changes, injuries, all remote viewing, all sonic and audio weapons. Amen. Whoredom spirits and their attacks, all the voices of the stranger, the charmer, the seducer, and their attacks. All hypnotic and trance devils and their attacks. Targeted radio frequencies, all pulse weapons and their attacks, all microwave attacks, debilitating sonic frequency attacks, and the work of every druid. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all mystic rituals in their intent. We bind electromagnetic attacks, smart technology attacks, techno-paganism, and mind control by the occult. We bind all surveillance by evil persons, evil entities, and demons in Jesus' name. All surveillance by evil persons, wicked persons, and demons, and entities in Jesus' name. We send their wickedness back on their own heads in the name of Jesus Christ. We send their wickedness back on their own heads. We bind force feedback, cyber stalking, cyber sex, cyber sex crimes, pornography, demonic curiosity, bewitching spirits which manipulate modern technology, pulse microwave radiation attacks, designed to cause neurological problems, brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, binding directed energy, microwave weapons, binding all vibrations, which are demons. Amen. We bind all mystic rituals in their intent. We bind all 5G and components, everything coming from outer space, from off the satellite, off the cell towers, and through our devices in Jesus' name. We ask you, Lord, to remove us out of their computers underneath the sea in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask We ask you to disable their computers so that they cannot monitor us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, evil and wicked persons are here on the earth with us. 
We bind all mystic rituals and the, all hypnotic and trance devils and their attacks, all mystic rituals and their intent. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts. We bind Buddhist, black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, North American, South American, Islander, whatever island it is, Caribbean and Latin American, black and white magic. We bind global cabals. We bind every coven of witches, warlocks, wizards, sorcerers, divinators, and liars in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind up tribal magic, tribal witchcraft, the effects of the sturgeon moon and all the other moons they've had recently. In the name of Jesus Christ, the moon belongs to you, Lord. You made it. You didn't give it 900 different names. So we cancel all of those names in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We bind all Morgellons attacks, and we return the attacks to the senders. We bind Chinese witchcraft in Jesus' name, working in the minds of the people worldwide. We bind Chinese witchcraft, working in the minds of the people worldwide in Jesus' name. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind all free-flying devils. We bind evil spirits, which take animal forms all shape-shifting spirits, trapping them into their shifted form for eternity. We bind every demon responsible for the dominion of sin in our culture. We bind impulsivity, inattention, racing mind, hyperactivity. We bind the prince of the power of the air. We return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog. We bind every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect. We bind all satanic ritual abuse devils, satanic worship. We bind all witchcraft dedications and all rituals done on the phases of the moon. Yes, Lord. The moon, the sun shall not smite us by day nor the moon by night. So all the evil effects that they have done when the moon becomes full, or it's eclipsing, or whatever the moon might be doing that day, that affects people emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, we bind it and return it to the senders in Jesus' name. Those who conjured it up, we return it to them in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We bind all formations of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind spiders in their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits, spirits of infirmity, supplanting the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the groves, and every spirit that exalts science, logic, and human reasoning against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. Amen. We bind demonic knowledge in Jesus' name. We bind the transference of evil spirits. We bind mammon and his agents. And we bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mock, Wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, hinder, besmirch, block, distract, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, monitor, track, assassinate, defile, corrupt, divide, confound, 
undermine, despise, attack, reproach, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We bind the shedding of infected persons upon us. We return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of generations of fools and the spirit of the fool in Jesus' name. We bind the carnal mind. We bind the fool's anger in Jesus' name. We bind food lust and gluttony and food addiction. We return to sender according to the covenant, all in every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, retaliation, all avenging, all blowback, all vengeance, all blood rituals, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark, rite, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us. Every attack sent against us, every attack sent against us to kill us or to harm us, we return it in the name of Jesus Christ. We send it back. We send it right back now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. This includes every evil work, mark, rite, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us. Astral projection, sending demons to us to work against us and against all that pertains to us. No demon, no wicked person or unrighteous event left behind. Binding the inordinate use of conjugal rights, returning to sender all witchcraft attacks through channeling and the satellites against the website. Returning all Cameroonian wizardry, black magic, hexes, vexes, jujus, and anything else they do. Turning all Nigerian witchcraft. All uh, all tribal witchcraft, all Chaldean witchcraft, all Spanish witchcraft, all Russian witchcraft, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We are breaking and destroying our social, emotional, and psychological ties with food and drink, which are displeasing to Jesus Christ. We are binding superficial religious acts. We bind all vampire spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending the New World Order, New Age Movement, Great Reset, make-believe and fantasy, fables, enchantments, false religions, numerology, horoscopes, the spirits and works of the oppressor, the spirit and the children of disobedience, martial arts, yoga, transcendental meditation, antichrist ideologies and doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic practices and spirits, lewdness, perversion, the outworking of vain deceit, death spirits, spirits of destruction, chaos and mayhem, oppression, depression, anarchy, premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, psychokinesis, out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, haunting, poltergeist, astral traffic, psych- travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation, spirit guides, and defilement by wizards, we bind you. In the name of Jesus, we bind the king of pride and all of all the demons that work with him. We break the death rolls in the name of Jesus. We strip him of all his armor. We put out his fire, and we cut off his heads in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We bind all human, demonic, blood, sexual, financial, animal, food, fecal, and soulish sacrifices against us in Jesus' name. 
We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, unyielding, nature worship, deception, idle mind, unfocused mind, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, rioting, abuse, all trolls, all fear, all fear, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, and temptation to sin. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal. Thank you, Lord. We bind Molech, Basilic, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, all gods and goddesses, Osiris, Isis, on all false deities. That's right, all false deities. Mammon, Atlas, Baphomet, and his 72, we chain you with eternal chains under darkness, and we send you to the feet of Jesus for judgment. We break the powers of every Masonic ritual, rite, ceremony, and vow, pledge, and pact in the name of Jesus. All of their demonic works we bind. All of their organizations we bind. We bind the rituals, the brotherhood, the lodge, the craft, the worship, the grip, and Freemasonry in Jesus' name. Amen. And we cut ourselves free from every such entanglement in the name of Jesus Christ. We undo the works of all demonic weapons, whatever they may be. We undo the works of all demonic weapons. So that means if a demonic weapon has been assailed against you, we just broke its power. You need to cough it out in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We undo the works of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins and dolls, hot and cold spots, the smell of sulfur, and succubus attacks in the name of Jesus. Demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins and dolls, and the punctures, hot and cold spots, psychic weapons, prompters, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, designs, and signals. And we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources in Jesus' name. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind the insanity, the pride, the work of errors, and foolishness of our own opinions. We return and loose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head, according to the scriptures. We bind being misled. We bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We renounce and denounce them all and loose ourselves from them. Father, we bind the works of those who work to bring honor to themselves. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassment, and witchcraft back on their own heads as well as their mind control in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of slumber. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. We bind the rituals of every secret society. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief. We ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. 
Lord, we've come to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we have come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. Heavenly Father, as we seek you concerning the fears in our lives, don't let us get out of anything. Hold us to the word. We thank you. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for kings, for all who are in authority, and all true Christians everywhere, especially Christians who are being persecuted and attacked by Satan, and Christians that were left behind in Afghanistan or some other place. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You shall stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us. Father, we disconnect ourselves from every demon that has followed us, was sent to us, or transferred to us, and we command them to leave us now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We cut everyone free with the sword of the Spirit from contact with foreign cultures that are attacking us through witchcraft. We cut everyone free with the sword of the Spirit, contact from other cultures that are attacking us through witchcraft in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Father, we cover ourselves. With the blood of Jesus, our transportation, we take authority, dominion, and power over attacks as we're on the road, in the airways, on the sea, wherever we are. We take authority, dominion, and power over the enemy using animals or entities or demons to cross our path, to interfere with our transportation and where we are going and what we are doing. We take authority, dominion, and power over shark attacks in Jesus' name. We bind them up in the name of Jesus Christ. We take authority, dominion, and power over sea beings attacking your people, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. We cover ourselves and our property with the blood of Jesus, and we take authority, dominion, and power over demons of the night, in our dreams, nightmares, sex dreams, anyone or anything trying to get into our dreams. We command them to stay away. We thank you for the protections that you have given us, Lord, especially yourself. We pull out. Any sharp pain, we pull out. Pull it out. Any sharp pain in the name of Jesus Christ. 
We pull out our fiery darts, pins, needles, spears, voodoo, witchcraft, curses, and anything else and return it to sender. Now, saints, when I say you pull out voodoo pins, you know what it is to see a straight pin in a pin cushion. And you know what it looks like to pull it out. Well, do that. Amen? Do that. Because some of us, they've made voodoo dolls for us, and they put pins in. Pull them out. Pull them out right now in Jesus' name. Don't just sit there and nod your head. Reach and pull. Thank you. Thank you very much. Amen. Praise God. There's an action that you do with this part of the prayer. Praise God. Thank you. We pull out all fiery darts, pins, needles, spears, voodoo, witchcraft, curses, anything sent to us by the demonic realm. Amen. Praise the Lord. We cut, burn, and destroy silver cords and ley lines. Ungodly soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leagues, and all other form of agreement with the demonic realm. We tear down walls of protection around witches, warlocks, wizards, Satanists, nanotechnology, globalists, shamans, sorcerers, divinators, and liars in Jesus' name. We break the power of every curse, hex, vex, Charm, love spell, voodoo, magic, sorcery, fetish, psychic thoughts and prayers, witchcraft, bewitchments, jinxes, potions, all mind control, all witchcraft, psychic warfare, torment, destruction, sickness and pain, incense and candle burning, incantations, chanting, ungodly blessings, crystals, root works, tribal sins, and everything else the devil's come up with. We're giving it back. It's not ours. God didn't send it to us, and we don't need to have it. We send back spirits of hatred, bitterness, murder, envy, jealousy, wizardry, sorcery, divination. Amen. All of the powers of the enemy, all paralyzing. We send back all passivity. We send back all blindness and bondage and heaviness and fear in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for the liberty and the grace and the peace that you have given us. And we take hold of it, Father, and we will not let go in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen, amen, and amen. All right, I have an announcement to make. Yes, I have an announcement. On this coming Friday, we will not have a live broadcast. The leadership is going to take one night off. Yes, there will be a sermon posted for you to listen to and probably some worship as well. And probably some worship as well to go with it. The leadership needs to take a break for a moment. We need a pause. We need to rest our voices for one thing, and we need to get a little rest, and there's some urgent matters that all of us need to attend to. Some of you have a need for this this little pause as well. 
their people that you're trying to get ready to go back to school. And it, it's really taxing on you right now. And you need to get a nap so you can keep going. Amen? Amen. So many of us at this particular season need a, a pause. We will be back on Sunday morning. But on Friday night, we're not going to have a live broadcast. There will, however, be a posted sermon with probably some worship to go with it in the chat room. Amen? I would encourage you to listen to the message because God's going to pick it out. It's going to be posted, and he wants you to hear it. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord, and that's all I have to say about that. Praise God. Yes. Amen. Amen. So I made my little announcement. I don't have to remember that again. Our featured song for this evening's worship service is Psalm 116. Our featured song for this evening's worship service is Psalm 116. And our verse for meditation comes from Psalm 118, verse 1. Psalm 118, verse 1. Our featured ebook is The Christian Matrix, Christians and the Occult. Very important. Amen? Amen. So, I'm going to get up just a second and find something I didn't bring with me to my chair, and I'll be back in about half a second. So, you hold right on right there. I'll be right back. Amen. Okay. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. So now, uh, make a note on your calendar, if you do that, about the announcement so you don't forget. I'm sure there's going to be at least one person who forgets, and that's okay. But make a note so you can go back to it and know about it. All right? All right. Amen, amen. Amen. This particular time of the year happens to be kind of hectic for some people. And you get to pause, too. Amen? Amen. Some of you, to tell you the truth, you've been running so fast, and you know who you are. I don't have to call them names. You've been running so fast that you just need to pause so your feet can catch up with you. Amen. And you know it's the truth. need to catch up with you. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to let that alone. So tonight, we're going to talk about the redeemed of the Lord. The redeemed of the Lord. To be redeemed means to be delivered, to be loosed away, or to be set free. It means 
to be brought back from bondage by a purchased price. Amen. To be redeemed means to be delivered, to be loosed away, or to be set free. It means to be brought back from bondage by a purchased price. The children of Israel were the first to be exposed to God's plan. So in Exodus chapter 6, verse 6, Exodus chapter 6, verse 6, Exodus. Everybody knows where Exodus is now. Chapter 6 and verse 6. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgment. I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm. You know, some of us may have gotten ourselves in a bit of a pinch. You know, a real strange place. It just goes on and on. I would encourage you to ask the Lord to redeem you out of that situation. Amen. I would encourage you to ask your Heavenly Father, to ask the Lord Jesus to redeem you out of that situation. Amen. Praise the Lord. Somebody needs to write that down. I don't know who that is, but that's what you ought to do, my dear. It pays to come to church. You get answers here. I will redeem you, God says to them. The price paid for the redemption of Israel was the mighty destruction of the Egyptians. Now, it pays to remember that the Egyptians was a world power empire. A world power empire. They were at the top of the pecking order of nations. At that time They were the top of the top They weren't just anybody It helps to remember that As we go through this The price paid For the redemption of Israel Was the mighty Destruction of the Egyptians Now When other Neighboring nations witnessed and heard of the destruction of the Egyptians, it scared them, and it should have. Because to have something happen to such a powerful nation says that worse could happen to them. Clearly understood that. You see, the Egyptians were not in some isolated area that nobody found out about when they were going through 
this season with God. When they had all these trials and tribulations and plagues, all the other nations heard about it. You know, people don't know how to close their mouths. They talk too much. And so word spread everywhere of what was happening to Pharaoh, to his ministers, and to the people of Egypt. It wasn't a secret. So God kept his promise, and Abraham's seed miraculously, the intervention of God miraculously escaped from Pharaoh after the angel of death passed through the land of Egypt, slaying the firstborn son of every Egyptian household. Now, before they got to this night that the Hebrews called past kinds of plagues came, there were, I think, nine, at least nine other plagues that came. All of the surrounding uh, nations heard about all the other plagues, too. So, yes, this was happening primarily to the Egyptians and to Pharaoh, but it was majorly affecting other nations. Amen? So I want you to have that perspective, that yes, it was primarily affecting Egypt and Pharaoh, but not just them. Praise God. Series of great signs and wonders, they passed through the wilderness of sin, through the Jordan River, and then victoriously went in to possess and occupy the land of Canaan, which was the land that God had promised to them. It was their land of promise. Amen. Praise God. But tragedy does happen. And after receiving such powerful deliverance, they were eventually polluted with sin and idolatry by the heathen around them. You see, when you come to Christ, you have to start changing your affiliations and connections. If you don't have any Christian friends, you need to be attached to a ministry like this one. Because you can't keep running with your old worldly friend. They will repollute you, and you will eventually backslide. You have to make a choice. Either you're going to follow Jesus or you're going to continue to run with the world, and you cannot do both. Amen. After such a powerful deliverance, you've got to think. Of all the things that happened to the Egyptians that did not happen to the Hebrews. They knew what was happening, but it wasn't happening to them. They experienced this. They didn't just hear about it. It was experiential in their everyday lives. 
But even after all this, once they were out in the wilderness, they were eventually polluted. And it took years to get this done, but it did happen. With the sin and idolatry by the heathen around them. Amen. We have to be careful as believers, as Christians, who we allow to influence us. The Bible tells us about this. In fact, it gives us a list of people that are not allowed to influence us. Why? Because they have no part in the kingdom of God. Yes, the very nature and the very nation that they were supposed to utterly destroy, they allowed to influence them and infect them with sin. They hardened their hearts against the truth. They didn't want to know the truth anymore. They seriously backslid, and they were sold into captivity again and carried away into Babylon. How awful to have been a part of the group that God did so much for, and yet you turn your back on him. You harden your heart to him, and you don't want to hear the truth. The prophet Isaiah prophesied of their deliverance in Isaiah chapter 51, verse 11. Isaiah chapter 51, verse 11. He talks about it there. Isaiah chapter 51, verse 11. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. Amen. The prophet foretold that Israel would come back to Jerusalem walking on the highway of holiness, nationally redeemed a second time by the mercy of Jehovah God. So since we're already in the book of Isaiah, let's go to Isaiah 35. Isaiah 35, beginning with verse 8. Isaiah 35, beginning with verse 8. Amen. Isaiah chapter 35, beginning with verse 8. And an highway shall be there, and a way. And it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those. The wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, 
but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their head. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. What a beautiful promise. What a beautiful promise. Now, miracle. This makes it clear that the same church at large, amen, and also in many of our individual lives, in a spiritual sense, God's new covenant people as a whole came out of the bondage of sin. Even on the day of Pentecost, when God's spirit came into the upper room. But just as Israel did, and following their example, several hundred years, the professing church as a whole backslid, and the world was plunged into the dark ages as history has termed it. So when the teacher was in school trying to tell you about the dark ages, that's what the teacher was talking about. This age where God's light was not burning brightly. And um, overall, the church had gone into darkness and ritualism and ceremony, and lacking in a potent relationship with God himself. That's right. That's exactly right. That's what happened. During the Dark Ages, the light of truth was almost extinguished. However, our God is gracious. The Redeemer again came to our rescue, bringing the true church out of the spiritual darkness of useless rituals and ceremonies into a real, valid, living relationship and walk with God. Now, some of you have had exposure to or came out of some of these religions, and I call them religions because that's really what they are, they go through the motion. They go through the ceremony. They go through the ritual. They have their tradition. But for the most part, the congregants do not have a viable relationship with Jesus Christ. They do not have a thriving, growing, viable relationship with Jesus Christ. In fact, many of them are not even born again. Many of them are not even born again. They think they are Christians because they come to church and they go through the litany uh, and the liturgy and whatever ceremonies the church that they attend requires. And so as a result of doing that, 
uh, frequently and often they think themselves to be Christians when indeed they are not. Amen. You see, we've been explaining to you that this is not a religion. It's a faith where you have a viable, ongoing, growing relationship with Jesus Christ, your heavenly Father, and God, the Holy Spirit, and with the body of Christ. It's not a religion. It's relationship. And I want you to remember that. It's not religion. This isn't, you say, six Hail Marys, turn around three times and you got it. No, doesn't work like that. This is relationship. Praise the Lord. Amen. What God has done for the church as a whole, he has done for countless individual saints in his body. Many of God's chosen ones were gloriously saved and brought out of deep darkness only to be swallowed up by sin again as the devil made his second claim. You see, saints, it's one thing to be brought out of darkness. It's quite another to stay out of darkness. It's one thing to be brought out. It's another thing to stay out. But through repentance, humility, and faith, it is uncovered that in him, in him, yes, in him, Really? That's right. In Christ Jesus our Lord. In him. In him. There are scriptures that just about all of them begin with in him. Hold on. I'm I'm rolling there now. New Testament. Amen. In him. In him, in him, in him, in him, in whom? Amen? So that's the whom and the in him they're talking about. They're talking about Jesus. And you can't get these blessings outside of him. That's not going to happen. In him, in an ever-continuing relationship. We have redemption through his blood. We have redemption. We've been bought back through the shedding of his blood for us. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. That's how we got forgiven. No, we did not get forgiven because all your grandparents went to that church. That's not how it happened. I know somebody might have said that to you, but let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. 
Ephesians chapter 1. Praise the name of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 1. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to verse 7. I'm going to start with verse 5, but we're going to verse 7. Having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. You can't be in isolation and be accepted in the beloved. Verse 7, in whom, who? Jesus Christ, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. That's how we got forgiveness of sins. That's how we entered in, because he redeemed us. He bought us back from sin and corruption and death by his blood being shed for us on Calvary's cross, by his life being laid down for us. Amen. Praise God. By experience. We have come to the firm belief that the God of redemption will keep us in all of our trials and ultimately grant us an emancipation on the day of resurrection, joyously declaring us free from tyrannical rule. Really? That's right. I'll say that again. By experience, we have come to the firm belief that the God of redemption will keep us in all of our trials and ultimately grant us an emancipation on the day of resurrection, joyously declaring us free from tyrannical rule. We will come forth out of the valley of the shadow of death on this highway of holiness, fully redeemed, fully victorious, and fully convinced of our importance to God. Really? Seriously. Amen. That is the truth. We will come forth out of the valley of the shadow of death on this highway of holiness, fully redeemed, fully victorious, and fully convinced of our importance to God. So again, the whole idea of redemption is to buy back something that has been sold. The people of Israel willingly sold themselves into political captivity 
through their rebellion. In like fashion, we in times past willingly sold ourselves into spiritual captivity through our sins. But the same Lord that delivered the Hebrews, the same Lord that delivered them, has proved himself well able to deliver us also. Amen. The mighty God has similarly redeemed us as with an outstretched arm and with great judgment, just as he did with Israel. When Jesus stretched out his arm to be nailed to a cross, a great judgment fell on sin. A great judgment fell on sin. Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to verse 3. Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to verse 3. Romans chapter 8, verse 3. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh. We know what the flesh is. We've talked about that. God sending own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Amen. that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Because through the death of Jesus, God condemns sin in the flesh. A great judgment fell on Satan too. Stripping him of his authority and dominion in this world. For when Christ went to the cross of Calvary, he spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Join me at Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. Amen. Amen. I'm going to begin with verse 12. I'm going to begin with verse 12. I'm going to end up at verse 15, but I'm going to start at verse 12. Buried with him in baptism. That's what we are. Buried with him in baptism. Wherein also... Ye are risen with him 
through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. So you relate to Jesus being buried when you go through baptism. We call it a watery grave where the old man doesn't come out again, just the new man in Christ Jesus. Verse 13, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, have he quickened or made alive together with him? How is that possible, having forgiven you all trespasses? Verse 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Well, what's the handwriting of ordinances? All the laws and statutes and ordinances of God that we disregarded and violated. All right? Verse 15, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it. You say, well, how did that happen? Well, we're going to talk about Jesus spoiled and stripped the principalities and powers of their goods, so to speak, by force. He stripped them of their ranking by force all the officers in the military around the entire world, no matter what country they're in. They're all officers, high-ranking, higher-high-ranking, highest-high-ranking. They all got these little stripes and badges and this and that all over them. Well, Jesus stripped them all of all of it. He stripped them of their ranking. He stripped them of their power. He stripped them of their authority. He stripped them by force. It was not a pleasant exchange. Now, if you still have the Jesus that said, well, Satan, I've come by today to get the keys. And, uh, You think that's how it went? You need to go back and find out who the real Jesus is. Amen? I've come by to get the keys. No, it wasn't like that. Amen? In Revelation chapter 1, you don't have to go there, but in Revelation chapter 1, Jesus said, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. He took them by force, amen? So if you still have that picture 
that somebody thought they were painting of Jesus where he looks uh, emaciated and in need of 10 bottles of Geritol and B12 shots, would you throw that thing away? Would you burn it, please? Because that's not Jesus. And if that's the image you have of him, you need to repent of that image and ask God to help you to have a scriptural image of Jesus. Amen? Praise God. The Redeemer also foretold that when the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit would come, he would reprove. That means he will dispute, judge, chasten, argue, correct, or prove. He administers admonition and chastisement for the purpose of restraint or correction. So he reproves this world of judgment. Really? Yes. That's what it says in the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 11. The Gospel of John, chapter 16, and verse 11. He says of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. He's been judged. Satan has been judged. In other words, reproof always the matter right. So to straighten out the situation so that repentance leads to full restoration. That's the point. That's the point. I'll say that again. In other words, we were talking about the comforter, the Holy Spirit. He would come to reprove. That means he's going to contend with your wrong position. That's right. When you're wrong, he's still right. He administers admonition and chastisement for the purpose of restraint or correction. In other words, reproof always seeks to set the matter right. So to straighten out the situation so that the repentance leads to full restoration. In other words, when the Holy Spirit moves in our heart, he convicts us and convinces us that Satan has already been brought under judgment and that his ultimate destruction evitable. For it is already a forever settled fact as far as God is concerned. The wicked one even knows himself that his dark and dreadful destiny is irreversibly sealed and that truly he hath but a short time. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 12, for time you don't have to turn there, it says, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. 
Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And you should know it too. Amen? Amen. In light of this truth, we should all the more walk through this world with a confident walk and with everlasting joy upon our heads and in our hearts. Jesus is our Savior. We trust in him without reservation. And if you're not at this place in the Lord where you trust in Jesus without reservation, it's time to grow some more. We are his property. We belong to him now. We know that his arm is still stretched out to lovingly embrace those who call on his name. Certainly, he will watch over us with the utmost care and finish the work in us which he in love graciously began. Amen? So what do we need to understand? We need to understand that at great, great cost, and this could not have been done any other way, Jesus redeemed us. He redeemed us from sin, from corruption, from iniquity, from death. He redeemed us. He bought us back. Adam and Eve sold us into sin and death. Jesus bought us back. And yet, we belong to him. We belong to him. We're not just floating around on the planet. No, we belong to him. We are his. And he will help us. He will bless us. He will deliver us. Whatever we need to be delivered of, he will deliver us. We don't need to be afraid of demons or devils or anything. Because Jesus has conquered them for us. We have to do our part in spiritual warfare. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So if you didn't get all of that, then by all means, Recast the broadcast, and God will speak to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Praise God. You need to understand it more, play it again and again, and it will sink right into your spirit. It will sink right into your spirit. You have a status that worldly people do not have. You have been redeemed, and you are the redeemed of the Lord. You are the redeemed, the bought back one. And it makes a great difference how you live in this life. Praise God. So tonight, 
Amen. Let me go over here and do what the Holy Spirit's telling me to do. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. I'm going to do it just this way. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So that's what I'm supposed to be saying. Okay. For those of you who joined us a little late, I want you to know that there will not be a live broadcast on Friday. There will, however, be in the chat room a posted sermon for you to listen to and probably some worship to go along with it. Amen. It is a a sermon that the Lord himself has chosen, and he wants us all to hear it. Amen. The leadership is going to take a pause. I'm going to rest my voice. It's important, (laughs) very important, in fact. And uh, the other members of the leadership team have important issues to take care of as well. And some of you do too. So we will be back on Sunday. We will not miss a beat. Amen? Amen. So make good use of this time. Ask the Holy Spirit what you're supposed to be doing and make sure you get it done. Praise God. So we are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning in the small town of Freedom, Wisconsin. Now, if you live there, just pray for your town. Buzz's Pub and Grill, a local sports bar whose logo features frothing beer mugs in the colors of the American flag, has been short-staffed since the pandemic. Jeff Baker, the owner, says he could use one more bartender and probably two more cooks. He hasn't found takers in over a year of running help-wanted ads. So he's made to do by working extra shifts in the kitchen and paring back the menu. Baker could could soon get more job applicants thanks to a new proposal that would lower Wisconsin's minimum age for alcohol service to just 14 years old. Yes, you heard it, 14 years old. It would, be absolute, it would absolutely be a welcome change if children applied, he says. Not as many kids work as much as they used to. Back in our day, more kids were needed, and more parents made their kids work. Wisconsin is just one of a growing number of states where predominantly Republican lawmakers are making quiet moves to roll back the alcohol service age so that kids who can't legally buy alcohol or, in Wisconsin's case, even drive a car, would be allowed to serve hard drinks to customers at bars and restaurants. In addition to alleviating the labor shortage, 
Lawmakers behind the bills argue letting kids serve alcohol would give them valuable work experience. Really? What kind of work experience is that going to be? That's left some opponents of the bills at a loss for words. It's bizarre. I can't believe that we're even having this conversation, says Ryan Clancy, a Democratic state legislator who represents parts of Milwaukee, where he also owns an entertainment center that serves alcohol. He's seen how drunk customers can harass workers, and the idea that we would expose Wisconsin's children to harassment through this is just unconscionable. It not, it's not only an erosion of labor, but our willingness to protect our kids. Until recently, every U.S. state required a worker serving alcohol in a bar or a restaurant to be at least 18 to 21. These minimums, in part, reflect the legacy of the movement to end child labor in the 20th century, says Betsy Wood, a historian of child labor at Bard Early College. But according to a report published last week by the Economic Policy Institute, at least seven states have enacted laws to lower their alcohol service age since 2021 including West Virginia and Iowa, which lowered the minimum age to 16, and Michigan, which lowered it to 17. The bills are backed by restaurant lobbying groups as part of a broader effort to loosen child labor laws, to cut labor costs, and deregulate employment, the report writes. At a time when child labor violations on the rise across the country. Recent years, investigations have found hundreds of children working in jobs that are officially classified as hazardous under federal labor law, from auto parts factories in Alabama to meat packing plants in Nebraska and Minnesota. But there are no explicit federal prohibitions on children working in bars despite the dangers there. Most bartenders and restaurant servers in the U.S. are female, and research has found that the vast majority of female servers have experienced on-the-job sexual harassment at rates higher than nearly any other industry. The danger is even higher when workers aren't paid a living wage. A 2014 study by the Restaurant Opportunity Centers United, a labor advocacy organization, found that servers experience significantly more sexual harassment in states where they can be legally paid less than the minimum wage and expected to make up the difference with tips. Creating an environment in which a majority female workforce must please and curry favor with customers to earn a living. The report says, depending on customers' tips for wages, discourages workers who might otherwise stand up for their rights and report unwanted sexual behaviors. 
These subminimum wages are legal in every state that's now lowering its alcohol service age. In Iowa, the so-called tipped minimum wage is $4.35 an hour. In Michigan, it's $3.84. And in Wisconsin, it's just $2.33. Throw teenage girls into that mix, and the risk for abuse becomes clear, says Wood, a child labor historian. Hmm. My. Well, now that would make these bars and restaurants hotbeds for child trafficking. Now, wouldn't it? The double whammy of sub-minimum wages and sexual harassment is already challenging to navigate, much less children who are uniquely vulnerable. But the bill supporters say there's nothing to worry about. Okay, that's a lot. Each proposed bill is different. Some say children can only serve drinks but not make them. Some say they may only do so at venues that also serve food, and others demand that they be supervised by someone over 18. Sure. One Wisconsin legislator trying to lower the alcohol service age to 14 is Chance Green a Republican who owns a tavern himself and denies that his bill is rolling back child labor laws. In Wisconsin's proposal, the drinks are still being made by a licensed bartender, and there is still the responsibility of the bartender and the employer to supervise their employees. The bill would just allow servers who are already working in a restaurant capacity to haul beverages to the tables they are serving. Well, you don't think that would entice these young people to to begin to partake in alcohol far more than they already do? We've got enough alcoholics. We don't need any more of those. Baker, the Buzz's pub and grill owner, says, It's up to me as a business owner to make sure I'm enforcing the rules and believes the bill wouldn't expose kids to any situations they wouldn't otherwise be in. You don't know how to tell the truth then. I'm a firm believer that if kids want to drink alcohol, they're going to get a hold of it. Yeah, but it's another thing if you're putting it right in front of their noses. In Michigan, Scott Ellis, the executive director of the Michigan Licensed Beverage Association, the lobbying group that has helped pass the state's new alcohol service age law says, since the bill became law, we have not heard of any issues from our members or from other alcohol-related groups or organizations that would track cases of abuse or exploitation. Keep listening. The Iowa Republican State Representative Lundgren, who owns Iowa's Trackside Bar and Grill, says her daughters grew up working with her in the restaurant and that lowering the alcohol service age would allow minor family members to play a more active role in Iowa's family-run businesses. She disputes the idea that teens could be put at special risk of sexual assault by serving alcohol. 
The environment isn't the crime. The person who sexually assaults a person has committed the crime. Well, that's nice. That's a nice way of saying that. Think about it. It's not um, it's not the zoo that causes the crime. It's the tiger that attacks the child. Well, if you let the child inside the cage with the tiger, what do you think's going to happen? How interesting. My. Lugren added that in Iowa's proposed law, any 16 or 17-year-old serving alcohol would have to get parents signed permission, which they, of course, will forge, with proper training and on-site supervision and would not be able to prepare drinks under the new law. Prior to passing this law, same-aged minors could work in convenience or grocery stores and sell alcohol to legal-age patrons. This is simply mirroring what is already being done in other industries with additional guardrails. When it comes to bars, we've seen the data show over and over again that the presence of alcohol does create risk of sexual assault for all people working in that environment. But the Democratic state representative, Megan, whatever her last name is, says those guardrails were actually added by Iowa's outnumbered left flank who negotiated additional amendments to try to protect the teen workers before voting against the final bill. Its original version did not require teenagers to be supervised while serving alcohol at all. With the amendments, they'll have to be supervised by at least two adults. Democrats also added an amendment requiring any minor who gets a job serving alcohol to undergo training on prevention and response to sexual harassment. There's a reason we've always said minors are at a higher risk of assault in certain environments, and that's what the new law is opening the door to. When it comes to bars, we've seen the data show over and over again that the presence of alcohol does create risk of sexual assault for all people working in that environment, not to mention they've got pot to go with it too, and other drugs. And for a Republican legislature, that's passed bill after bill restricting LGBTQ plus rights, banning books and targeting teachers and librarians over fears of grooming. It's absurd that they would send teenagers to serve alcohol in bars. This literally creates the perfect scenario for someone, somebody to be groomed. It's, un, it's underage per setting with alcohol, often under supervised. According to the Economic Policy Institute, the driving force behind these bills are restaurant industry groups like the National Restaurant Association and its state affiliates that benefit from child labor in the food and beverage and restaurant industries. Their goal, the report argues, is to avoid raising wages and improving working conditions and fix a temporary problem, the labor shortage, with permanent changes to labor laws that allow employers to replace adult workers with low-paid youth in increasingly dangerous jobs. 
The National Restaurant Association did not respond to comment. Clancy, the Milwaukee state representative, sees the bills as a weird game of one-upmanship in terms of how horrific the state Republicans can be. But they also represent missed opportunities to do the things that could actually fix the labor shortages root causes. We could talk daycare. We could talk paid parental leave. We could talk about encouraging employers in a myriad of ways to hire folks that were recently incarcerated. We could stop incarcerating so many people, yet in 2023, they're bringing back child labor. It's just maddening. Father, we want to thank you for the adjudications of the righteous judge concerning such. And we are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. An Oregon school district is teaching 10th grade students a variety of gender identities, such as metagender, as well as the difference between sexual orientation and romantic orientation, according to documents. In a sexual education curriculum for 10th graders, Hillsborough Schools District, the fourth largest district in Oregon, teaches students that sexual orientation, who you are attracted to, and romantic orientation, who one is romantically attracted to, are separate from one another and do not need to correlate, according to documents. The curriculum created by teachers and counselors teaches students the definitions of pan-romantic and demi-romantic as different types of romantic orientation. Now, I don't know of any parent that I have ever met that sends their children to school to learn these kinds of things. The curriculum defines pan-romantic as someone who is romantically attracted to someone regardless of gender and defines demi-romantic as when one doesn't feel romantic attraction until a close bond is formed. The curriculum gives students three examples of how gender identity, sex assigned at birth, gender expression, sexual orientation, and romantic orientation can all be different and work together. One example shows an individual named Cece who uses she, her pronouns, identifies as female, has male genitalia, and is both sexually and romantically attracted to men. Another example shows an individual named Joey, who uses he, him pronouns, identifies as a male, has male genitalia, and is not attracted to men, women, or other genders, either sexually or romantically. A third example in the curriculum explains an individual named Casey who uses they, them pronouns, is intersex, has both a masculine and female feminine gender expression, and is not attracted to men, women, or other genders sexually or romantically. Our comprehensive sexuality education curriculum was created by teachers and counselors in collaboration with and adapting resources from the state of Oregon, local community organizations, and curriculum publishers. 
you can find a list of the CSE lessons and the Oregon Health Education Standards they meet on our website. Our teachers must teach the standards and are giving training and support to do so. However, if they do not feel comfortable in delivering CSE lessons, they can request that other trained staff members do so on their behalf. Students are also taught different pronouns aside from she, her, he, him, including neutral pronouns such as zizir and the them the curriculum shows. The sexual education curriculum teaches students that they can have gender identities that don't align with their biological sex, including but not limited to metagender. A person who identifies as neither cisgender nor transgender and gender fluid, which is defined as an identity that varies over time. Students learn different romantic orientations. Definitions including biromantic, which is when one person is romantically attracted to multiple genders, and aromatic, which is defined as someone who experiences little to no romantic attraction, the curriculum shows. In 2015, Oregon enacted Aaron's Law, requiring schools to teach age-appropriate sexual abuse prevention programs in K-12 classrooms. The state adopted its health and sexuality education standards in 2016, which mandate that students have the knowledge and essentials needed to affirm fundamental aspects of the identity, according to the Oregon DOE website. The Hillsborough School District sexual education curriculum also teaches about how oppression leads to microaggressions implicit bias, prejudice, and rape culture, according to documents. The curriculum details the four eyes of oppression, including ideological oppression, institutional oppression, internalized oppression, and interpersonal oppression. Throughout the country, parents, school boards, and lawmakers are debating how to address gender identity and sexuality topics in the classroom. A Colorado school district encouraged its physical education teachers to don LGBT pride gear in an effort to show their support for the LGBT community. In Colorado, a school district unanimously voted in June to adopt a resolution encouraging schools to adopt lessons on gender identity and sexual orientation just days after parents protested the lesson. So we want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications concerning such. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning four teammates of this successful trans swimmer, Thomas, have spoken out over their discomfort at having to undress next to her, which is a him, 18 times a week. A highly contentious issue in American culture wars, the debate over trans participation in women's sport has spilled over from the pool and into the locker room. 
Addressing the House Judiciary Committee on Thursday, Thomas's former teammate and NCAA Division I swimmer, Paula Scanlon, told lawmakers that complaints fell on deaf ears. Scanlon said, my teammates and I were forced to undress in the presence of Leah, a six-foot-four biological male with fully intact male genitalia 18 times per week. Uh-huh. Some girls opted to change in bathroom stalls and others used the family bathroom to avoid this. When teammates raised the issue with the university, Scanlon says they were offered counseling to re-educate with the intention of making them comfortable with the idea of undressing in front of a male. Addressing the committee meeting called the dangers and due process violations of gender-affirming care, Scanlon said, sum up the university's response, we the women were the problem, not the victim. We were expected to conform, to move over and shut up. Our feelings didn't matter. The university was gaslighting and fear-mongering women to validate the feelings and identity of a male. Thomas had previously competed on the male swimming team before beginning the transitioning process in 2019 and joining the female team in 2021. Competing in the men's team for the 2018 and 2019 season, Thomas ranked 554th in the 200 freestyle and 65th in the 500 freestyle and 32nd in the 1650 freestyle. In the 2021 season, those rankings improved when competing in the women's team to fifth in the 200 freestyle, first in the 500 freestyle, and eighth in the 1650 freestyle. Thomas became the first transgender woman with a penis to win an NCAA swimming title at the Ivy League Penn and was nominated for the NCAA Woman of the Year Award in 2022 as a result. Looking back, Scanlon told the committee, Leah formerly had personal best times in every freestyle event that were faster than the women's world record. She added, today, any discussion maintaining the sanctity of women's spaces is labeled transphobic, bigoted, and hateful. So we want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications concerning such, and we are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. Caught between his Christian faith and what some Americans view as a deepening assault on transgender rights, Zane Silver remembers the moment he decided to fight back. Silver recalls stepping out of an Uber in 2022 and sitting on the sidewalk after receiving a call from the Christian seminary school he applied to. The admissions officer said he respected that Silver had identified himself as a transgender man, but the answer was still no. Silva is one of dozens of LGBTQ plus Americans suing the U.S. Department of Education, challenging a law that allows religious colleges to discriminate based on the sex, students, and applicants, even when those schools receive millions in federal funding. 
The plaintiffs include a former student at Bob Jones University in South Carolina who said she was disciplined for social media posts about lesbian relationships. Another woman said she was fired from her on-campus job at Brigham Young University in Utah after she cut her hair to better match my gender expression. Some students were expelled. Others, like Silver, never made it through the door. The lawsuit pending at the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit has arrived at a moment when federal courts, including the Supreme Court, are increasingly siding with religious groups over gay and transgender rights. Conservative states have enacted laws curbing those rights, and some polls suggest that while a majority of Americans support transgender rights, many are uneasy with the pace of change around gender identity issues. Last month, in one high-profile example of how LGBTQ plus rights are losing ground, the Supreme Court backed a graphic artist who will decline to design wedding websites for same-sex marriages. A federal appeals court in Cincinnati this month ruled that a Tennessee ban on gender-affirming care for transgender minors may be enforced for now. An appeals court in Chicago this month ruled that a Catholic high school in Indianapolis was free to fire a gay guidance counselor. Silver and his attorneys know they are fighting against the current of the Religious Exemption Accountability Project, which is representing Silver, balked at advice from other LGBTQ advocacy groups to wait for more favorable legal environment. The timing is right because the suffering is great, he said. The number of queer students in these spaces who are out or closeted is larger than it's ever been before. Silver applied at Nyack College. The school is now known as Alliance University, located in Lower Manhattan. In a statement, the school said it is wholeheartedly committed to sensitivity for all students, but it says, as a Christian institution, it requires applicants to sign a document that they must adhere at all times, adhere to our code of conduct and principles of faith. Gregory Baylor, senior counsel at Alliance Defending Freedom, said private religious schools should be able to make choices that align with their beliefs without government interference. Baylor's group has filed several successful religious challenges, including the recent Supreme Court case involving same-sex wedding websites, and it represents several religious colleges involved in Silver's case. There are plenty of schools that have very different perspectives on some of these questions, and we respect that, Baylor said. The lawsuits are trying to diminish those choices. Those arguments aren't foreign to Silver, who grew up in a Pentecostal church where he attended service every day. Deeply religious, Silver is a fixture and an elder at his Presbyterian church in Brooklyn, and he represents the church in an organization that helps direct the ministry and missions, mission of Presbyterians in New York. Silva said it was especially an especially challenging time, given his upbringing and faith, when he realized at around age 12 that he was no longer comfortable as a female. After years of fighting it, Silva decided to align his faith with his identity, helping young people at his church and their parents navigate their own sexuality and gender identity. 
It was the kind of work Silver had hoped to build a ministry out of after attending seminary at Alliance, not only strengthening his own faith but also helping others. He wasn't naive about his prospects of attending a Christian school. It's why Silver, who is 31, reached out to Alliance before he applied to gauge their willingness to accept a transgender man. Silver said he was told to apply. Sweetie, he recalled a representative at the school telling him before he applied, come as you are. It was exactly the kind of reception Silver expected from a faith-based university. The law at issue in Silver's case is known as Title IX. It bars discrimination on the basis of sex in schools that receive federal funding. The Biden administration announced in 2021 that it would reinterpret the law to also prohibit discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity. That announcement has drawn lawsuits from conservative states. The administration is working on a more formal change to federal regulations related to Title IX. No matter what happens with those efforts, though, the exemption for religious schools would remain in place. Southwick's lawsuit asserts taxpayers spent $4.2 billion on religious universities in 2018. A Department of Education spokesman declined to comment. Led by the Supreme Court, federal courts have increasingly found that the free exercise clause in the First Amendment protects the religious entities from discrimination claims. In the Indianapolis case, a federal appeals court ruled that a Catholic high school was free to fire a guy a gay guidance counselor because she performed at least some religious duties and so fell under an exemption from workplace discrimination rules applied to ministers. In 2021, the Supreme Court ruled that a Catholic foster care agency in Philadelphia could turn away gay and lesbian couples as clients. A U.S. District Court in Oregon dismissed Silva's case in January. The judge, appointed by President Bill Clinton, wrote that the exception appeared to be related to the government's objective of accommodating religious exercise and that Congress did not appear to have a discriminatory discriminatory intent when it approved the language. Silver said he believes the fights playing out in courts are distorting a reality for many Christians in church. Plenty of religious families, he said, are looking for ways to reconcile their faith and sexuality without being humiliated or ostracized. Two, in Silva's words, help them to accept and feel love. For Silva, the legal losses have only strengthened his resolve. Going through all of this and hearing the stories of other trans folks, they have been isolated and rejected. It really validated for me that this is what I'm supposed to be doing, Silver said. The journey has increased my faith significantly. Uh-huh. We want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications concerning such. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. In a recent development in the academic sphere, a notable school district in the vicinity of Washington has made public the reasons behind its decision to disallow the exclusion of students from lessons centered on books highlighting gay and transgender characters. The reason, it turns out, is an overwhelming number of parental requests for their children to be exempted from these specific lessons. Montgomery County Public Schools, based in Maryland, 
implemented this policy prohibiting opt-outs on March 23rd after initially permitting certain students to vacate the classrooms during the teaching of these lessons. According to district guidelines, schools have the flexibility to tweak their curriculum to suit requests from students or requests from parents and guardians on behalf of their students to be excused from specific classroom discussions or activities that they believe would place a significant strain on their religious beliefs. Nonetheless, if the requests turn out to be too recurrent or too taxing, schools can decline to accommodate them. Initially, teachers and principals allowed students to be excused when the newly introduced books were read in class, as disclosed by Nikki Hazel, a district official who supervises the curriculum from pre-kindergarten to 12th grade in a declaration to a federal court. However, at a meeting in March with school officials, the district realized that individual principals and teachers could not accommodate the growing number of opt-out requests without causing significant disruptions to the classroom environment and undermining the educational mission, per Ms. Hazel's claim. At one elementary school, numerous parents reported that dozens of students not participate in the instruction based on newly introduced books, according to officials. The district, however, did not specify the total number of requests across the district or provide a breakdown of how many were based on religious concerns. Ultimately, the district reached the conclusion that permitting any opt-outs would thwart its efforts to ensure a classroom environment that is safe and conducive to learning for all students, according to Ms. Hazel. She further posted that students represented in the books could face social stigma and isolation due to other students leaving the classroom when such instruction took place. On March 23rd, parents were informed by the district that no further requests would be entertained for any reason, and any requests already granted would only be accommodated until the end of the school year. The, dis- the decision by district officials was in response to attempts to halt the ban on opt-outs which came as a part of a broader backlash against the books that were introduced at the beginning of 22-23 school year. Upon reviewing the books and its curriculum, district officials discovered that they did not represent many students and families in Montgomery County because they did not include LGBT characters. This led to the introduction of 13 new books featuring such characters. There was a vetting process by a group of staff members who reviewed the new materials before they were introduced, taking parent feedback into account before introducing them to students who are as young as three, as per the lawsuit. The staffers recommended the books because they believe that they contain narratives and illustrations that would be accessible and engaging to students and featured characters of diverse backgrounds whose stories and families students could relate to, according to the district. After the ban was announced, several plaintiffs, including Muslim parents, sued the district, arguing that their constitutional rights were being infringed upon. According to the plaintiffs, the district is violating the state law 
that allows students to be excused from certain units of a program upon written request, request from their parent or guardian. Therefore, by denying the opportunity for parents to opt their children out, the district is infringing on their religious beliefs and interfering with the parents' ability to shape their children's faith formation, the plaintiffs argue. The school district officials contend that the law applies only to certain parts of the curriculum, not English language arts. They also state that the school's policies do not necessitate opt-outs and that their actions have not violated the parents' constitutional rights. The school board's policy necessitating students to listen to instruction with gay and transgender content does not infringe on the plaintiff's right to freely exercise their religion or to direct religious upbringing of their children, according to the district. Should the policy infringe upon these rights, the district maintains that it applies uniformly to everyone and is specifically designed to advance the district's compelling interest in fostering a safe safe and inclusive learning environment and complying with applicable non-discrimination laws and policies. This makes the policy lawful. Montgomery County Public Schools with a student population of approximately 160,000 across 210 public schools holds the distinction of being the largest school district in Maryland. Well, now you've heard it. Amen. Now you have heard it. Amen. We want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications concerning such. And we want to thank the Lord that he's helping us to do our part. Brother Marshall, we're ready to do our part. Oh, my. Father, (laughs) you said in the last days there would be a great falling away. Even those who claim to be Christians, a great falling away. Like you talk about in Thessalonians. Well, Father, those people who want to protect the children from being groomed in uh, some of these conservative areas where they claim to be Republicans seem to care more about uh, their financial income than protecting the young people working in the alcohol beverage area, Father, in Jesus' name. Father... These rules have been set up for a long time, even as Carolyn pointed out, that the child labor laws were put in effect for a very good reason. And, of course, they're bringing in lots of children across the various borders into the United States so they can work in the uh, slaughterhouses and the meatpacking plants and doing the, 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 the jobs that most people don't want to do. And who knows if they're paying them anything? I don't know, Father. But, Father, you love all the children. You don't want one of these little ones to perish. You don't want them to be put through things that are unhealthy, physically, emotionally, in other areas, Father God. But quit that upsetable, quit that up. Father, you said, if two of you on earth agree to anything ask, it shall be done by Father which is in heaven. You said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. We're all whosoever, and we come boldly before your throne of grace, taking the cup of, the, of salvation, Father God, because Jesus paid that price. That's why he hung on the tree. Because all have, <laughs> at least I have, and you shouldn't. But your word says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What is the glory of God? Father, you restore the glory the Lord Jesus had with you from before the foundation of the world, because he is the eternal word of God. 
He doesn't just appear on what people call Christmas. He doesn't. He doesn't just pop out of, of the, the Virgin Mary's womb uh, as an afterthought. This was talked about long ago, almost 700 years before. He was called Emmanuel, God with us, in Isaiah 7:14. So he came into this world as a little child, because he knows exactly what it's like. He had to go through all the rejection that most human beings do go through. And some people don't want to be rejected. And some people would like to be attaboy and attagoed. And most people would, and it's just fine. Especially when you get a new job as a teenager. You know, it's, have somebody, it's nice to have a, your boss say, yeah, you did a great job. I know my wife worked in a, in a, uh, a restaurant. It was a very nice restaurant. But she worked at sub-minimal wage. And she had to make up the balance of her wages with tips. And she was college age, so she wasn't a minor. I think they served alcohol in that place. I'm not even sure if they did. It was more of a, of a food-type restaurant. But Father God, some people may have had beverages that were more than just a glass of wine. I don't honestly know. But Father God, you know that it was not a very healthy environment, even if my wife is a, is a young 20-year-old. You know, she had a hard time even... She couldn't have possibly lived on what she was earning there. It was... She did get some food, not what the rest, not what the restaurant clients got, but she got something, maybe a little stew or a little something. Who knows what was in it? She got something to eat, which was nice. Father God, but some people are hungry. Some people are hungry for getting by, being able to feed their own family members. Some people, like Ruth, who came back with Naomi, she had to work very, very hard. Father God, you, you talk about in the book of Ruth to 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 glean wheat. Working, she didn't even get paid. She just was going behind the reapers, gathering the barley, gathering whatever they were harvesting, the wheat or whatever they were harvesting, Father God. I know, but the barley, barley harvest was the main one. The barley is, is what they used to feed cattle and used to make beer from, actually. They make beer from from barley. I know that because my dad was his, as a maltster. He, that was his business. He had to learn that. And back back in the day when this country was founded, Father God, when the people came over from England and other European nations to, to have religious freedom, that's why they came, because they were trying to be shoehorned into a state religion, most often Roman Catholicism, in the case of England, the Church of England. They came over for religious freedom, Father God. And back then, having beer actually was probably healthier than having water. (laughs) They didn't have a lot of healthy sanitation situations back in the 1600s or whenever it was, the early 1700s. Very hard. You had to boil your water didn't always have enough whatever things to boil the water, and they didn't have fancy water filters back then. So beer and those things were um, at least supposedly healthier, at least had lower incidence of people. Even in the Bible actually talks about that. It says drink a little wine uh, for that oft infirmity's sake, I think uh, Paul says to is it Timothy. Uh, but we're not supposed to have oft infirmities. We're not supposed to be sick at all. His healing deliverance is their children's bread, but maybe Timothy hadn't learned that yet, and some teachers uh, that teach the Bible haven't learned that yet, and mostly in the conventional churches. They don't really know that healing deliverance really is the children's bread. It really is available. We'll just discern the Lord's body. But, Father, a lot of people don't know a lot of these things. So, Father, we ask for your help for the children, the young people, 14 years old as a girl working in a bar, who want to please their customers. 
uh, the main I want to report. Uh, he didn't say something that was very nice to me. He he made us some comment about my what my chest looked like or what my you know I had a little acne here and he made me feel bad or or whatever it was. Father God, these people don't need that. These people don't need that. And I have a younger daughter even thought about becoming a bartender. I think she was in college at the time, art school or something like that. She thought she never did, but she thought about it because she kind of likes that beverage end of things. We have to deliver all the children, the children that are leaning toward that, leaning toward people being given things. It talks about that in Habakkuk, doesn't it, Lord? It says that there's some people will give somebody some alcoholic beverage so they can look on their nakedness. And you don't hold them harmless when they do that, Lord. You hold them responsible for what they've done to the young ones, Father God, to look on their nakedness, Father God. And why would they want to do that? Oh, it isn't really them. It's the spirits in them. And what do people struggle with before they come to Jesus? Oh, it's lust of the flesh. Not just sexual things. Lust of the flesh could be all kinds of different things. Some people want to have, you know, an extra half gallon of ice cream or whatever. No one thinks they're selling that size anymore. Some people want the lust of flesh, lust of the eye. Woohoo! Isn't he handsome? Isn't she pretty or whatever? Lust of flesh, lust of the eye, which can be other things too. Got to have that mink stole, got to have that fancy truck or whatever it is. Got to have the fancy sports car. Lust of flesh, lust of the eye, the pride of life. Well, I'm so smart. You know, I can handle these things. I'm a very clever person. I did really well in calculus, so I'm sure I can work as a bartender. Uh, does that qualify you to handle all the emotions? And how about the spiritual aspects of it? Because our battle's not against flesh and blood. It is the principalities and powers. Spiritual wickedness in high places. Maybe in the owners of these uh, um, pubs and other places that want to hire children, Father. And it's nice to help fix the labor shortage, but maybe there are other solutions. And I'm I'm glad there are some people, whether you want to call them Democrats, whatever you want to call them, some people standing up and say, this doesn't make sense, because it doesn't make sense, Father God. And if we think that's bizarre, wanting to force children to have be sexually confused, because you're not the author of confusion, but of pieces in all the churches of the saints, Father, trying to, trying to force three-year-olds to learn about they don't even know necessarily what a boy and girl is necessarily at, at three. Maybe they do. I mean, some of them might have figured it out by then. Some people haven't really had those little those little uh, basic courses. I remember a little book my children had when they were young, and it was done like little robots trying to talk about uh, looking beneath the belt line and trying to figure out that there's a difference. Father God, some people when they're three, they haven't figured that out yet. So, Father, we ask you to deliver all the children because you said in your word you don't want one of these little ones to perish. Father God, there's a lot of people that are going through all kinds of tugs and pulls and confusion, and it is not an accident. As we, even as we heard Pat Holiday talk about, and others talk about, you know, when the Beatles moved in and the, and the East meets West and the sexual revolution in the '60s and '70s and all of that, and free love. It wasn't free love; it was free lust. It had nothing to do with the God kind of love not the agape kind of love, which is in the King James, they call it um, charity. I think that's when somebody gives something not looking for anything in return. That's what most people think of as charity, because charity, the God kind of love, never fails. Jesus didn't demand us to love him. He just loved us first. That's why he hung on the tree, to take our cup of cursing, so he could show us his love. 
He draws us with his loving kindness. He draws us when I certainly didn't deserve it because I didn't care about him. I didn't know who he was. I had no clue, no clue that God the Word came in the flesh to show us his love, which does cast cast out all fear because perfect love casts out all fear. When we realize he loves us that much, that even if I never received him at all, even if I chose to want to burn in hell for all eternity, and those are the options, to receive Jesus. Because the, what is it? The way, above, uh, the, way of, the way of life is above to the wise and may depart from hell beneath. Something like that is in Proverbs. Mm, I should remember where that is. It's powerful scripture, powerful, powerful scripture. Father God, there's so many people, young people, that would like to get a, a, a summer job, maybe helping out. And, and if I'm thank goodness, Father God, that some of the people stood up and said they need to be supervised. And some people say, well, no, they're not going to actually mix drinks. They're only going to bring them to the table. I don't know. There's, there's a fine line here, Father God. And we don't need to be, um, but Father God, there needs to be a balance between people that are being susceptible to be manipulated, groomed, and um, forced to keep their lips zipped shut to not say, that man said something terrible to me. I have a younger daughter who said a lot of people said really terrible things to her, Father God, and often usually in environments where alcohol is served. So, Father God, I don't think it's a coincidence that demons like to hang out in people. And I know I had a person in my family, I won't mention who it was, somebody who married into the family, who um, had a real problem, Father God. That person could be quite pleasant, quite sweet, very nice, but that person had a certain amount of uh, hard liquor on board, a different spirit manifested, Father God. And some people that go to these places have different spirits manifest. So we bind every one of those spirits. Satan, you're bound every one of those spirits of perversion. Every spirit of lust of lust, lust of God, pride of life. You, Satan, all your underlings are bound. Every spirit of mammon, of all the bar owners, the pub owners, and all these things are bound. Every spirit of greed and corruption, wanting to manipulate children to do things that are only beneficial for the pocketbooks of the owners of the taverns and the pubs. And all these places are bound in Jesus and be canceled assignments to all those, particularly in Michigan and all these other places where they're trying to ram through these laws, Father God, in Jesus' name. And in Wisconsin, well, my goodness, uh, uh, earn $2.33 an hour. Would a teenage girl think that's a terrific, uh, a terrific wage? Could she support her elderly mother or something like that who perhaps was, was in need of finances? Some people need to go get jobs. And not because it's just a learning experience, it's a questionable learning experience on the bar, but because they actually need the funds, Father God, to put food on the table for those in their families that they can help, Father God. And it's commendable that they want to do that. But, Father God, help the children. Grant them the gifts of discernment. You said in the last days, Father, I pour forth of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. So please pour forth of your spirit upon all the children in every state, including Wisconsin, Michigan, all these different places, Father God where they're even thinking about doing these things, Father God, in Jesus' name, that, that they won't run off to get these jobs there. They'll say, well, it's not much fun to have to work at a hardware store or something. Well, maybe not, but maybe it might be a little healthier. Not that you can't be harassed there, too, but at least, kind of like that, you don't know quite as liable. So, Father, we ask for your divine help and intervention in Jesus' name. Deliver all the children, big children, little children, the boys, too, Father God, in Jesus' name. I know what that can be like. Somebody, somebody come along and say, it seems they're really nice, but then all of a sudden, oh, they have a different agenda. What is that? Oh, this is a little lust of flesh because they happen to have a different gender orientation than God 
wanted anyone to have. And you made it really clear, Father God. Some people have never even read the first book of the Bible. And what does it say in Genesis 1:27? God created man in his own image. How many images? Of one blood may be all men. But in the God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female he created them. There's only two genders. That's what it says in Genesis 1.27. In Genesis 1.26, And God said, let, let us make man in our image, the Godhead, after our likeness. Help our Jewish brothers to understand that there is a plurality in the Godhead. After our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Oh, and Jesus said the things I have done and you will do in John 14, 12. So we have dominion specifically over every creeping thing. So we bind those creeping spirits trying to creep in to their children's underwear, Father God, trying to creep in to the minds and hearts of people to lead them astray, Father God. We bind every spirit of perversion, every spirit of mammon, every spirit of lust of lust, lust of die, pride of life, and all the spirits of sexual confusion behind the LGBTQ plus in Jesus' name. Do um, murderers have rights? They have a right to remain silent. But do murderers have rights? Isn't that something that we're told we're not supposed to kill? Thou shalt not kill? And is somebody being a, uh, a pervert? Uh, isn't that deemed an un, unhealthy thing? What, what did God do? When, when the, what happened with Sodom and Gomorrah? Didn't he check it out to find out if what they were doing was true? Did those men want to come and know the angels that came into Lot's house? Oh, they wanted to not just know about them. They wanted to have an intimate relationship, a very intimate relationship. And what did, what did Lot offer them? His, his virgin daughters. They would have none of that. They were not interested in that. Father God, and we know that, that sometimes people have been offered kind of a, people that would be appropriate from God's point of view. And some people, the women, have not been treated very nicely, Father God. This is a gross understatement. Um, terribly abused. But, but, Father God, you seem to hate the sexual perversion even more than you hated women being terribly abused. Uh, I don't understand that, but that's what it seems to point out in the Old Testament anyway, Father God. Father God, we ask you to deliver all the children that are subject to grooming through all these, these perversions, Father God. We bind every spirit of perversion in Jesus' name. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And all the witchcraft curses coming from every group, whether it be those in politics, whether it be Republicans, Democrats, it doesn't matter. It's actually one unit party. And what do they want to do? They want to bring in cut about that, the mafia to control people against their will. The mafia. And what, what does that mafia do? The mafia says, ah, oh, you do it our way or else. And what did they do? They've been doing it that way in Chicago for many decades, Father God, even way decades, decades and decades ago. And what's going on over in Chicago? A lot of people are being killed physically, yeah, murdered, shot, Father God. And what has, even children, yeah. And why are they doing that? Because of the perversion, Father God, because of the wanting to just have money, wanting to have influence, wanting to have, have standing as a congressman or as whatever, a mayor or whatever. Father, we ask you to deliver all the children in Oregon and all these other places from the people that are confused by their gender, Father God. I've never even heard of meta-gender before. And all these different things, all this made-up nonsense, Father God, in Jesus. And even when I was in college, I remember my wife was considering studying, majoring in psychology. And I said, 
Well, that's interesting, but why do you want to major in psychology? It's just based on people's opinions, not based on facts. It's just what some people thought. Of course, back then I didn't understand about the spirit realm at all. I had no clue. I had no clue. But even back then, I just knew that it wasn't based on facts, what was true versus what was false. There's a spirit of truth, and there's a spirit of error. It talks about in 1 John 4, 6. And, Father God, that spirit of error seems to be running rampant, Father God, in all these people, not just in Oregon school districts, Father God, and, and the, uh, the one in the, wherever that Washington school district, Father God, all these different people. Nobody got that, nobody got that. The pastor Sabrina had the patience to read through all of them. Brother Bill, so nice to post. Thank you, Brother Bill. He's been so faithful. Thank you, Pastor Serena. It's amazing. Father, we ask you to deliver us all. You said, call upon me the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee. And we know you want all the children to be delivered, Father God. And from all this confusion, all this nonsense, Father God, and even today, the Lord just happened to have me read. It's very interesting. Just a coincidence, of course. The Holy Spirit had nothing to do with it, or maybe he did. In Isaiah 29, 16, says, surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay. For shall the work say to him that made it, he made me not? Or shall the thing framed say to him that framed it, he hath no understanding? So, Father God, and you point out, where is that? It's in, um, in the book of Romans, chapter, where is that, 920? And is that where it is? I think that's where it is. Nay, but, O man, who art thou that replies against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hast not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor, another unto dishonor? And verse 22, What if God, willing to show his wrath, God can be very angry against the devil, can't he? God, if willing to show his wrath to make his power known, endures much long-suffering, long-suffering. The vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. Where are they going to go? The pet of hell. That he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he hath foreprepared unto glory. Even us, whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also the Gentiles. We thank you, Father God. Even Hosea said, you call them my people that were not your people before. You call her beloved, which was not beloved. Because you translate us. You can translate everyone. All these pe- teachers. Father, we pray for those who are despised with you. So they're teachers in Oregon. They're teachers at this other school. Just they're teachers that are teaching the people, oh, you need to go along to get along with this new transgender swimming business, Father God. And, and, and the girls that are saying, I feel really uncomfortable having this guy with a, with his uh, whatever, look, pretending to be a girl, but it's really obviously not a girl, Father God. Father, we ask you to deliver all the, the young women and the, and the people, and the people who have chosen to be transgenders, Father God, because we know our battle's not against people. We love the people, real human beings created in your image. Some of them have just given themselves over, Father God, and they didn't know that's what they were doing. They're giving themselves over to that spirit of confusion and giving themselves over to all the grooming that was done by their teachers, by their instructors in the, in the public schools, in the colleges. <coughs> Father God, we ask you to deliver all the children, Father God, from this nonsense, all this the, the, the programming, Father God, from the computer games and the TVs and the movies and all that uh, music that came in. Music came in, when they brought in some of the Eastern music that blended in with the Western music. Because Satan 
he was in charge of music up in heaven. He knows a whole lot about music, and he knows it bypasses sometimes the logic, and, and that's why they have little jingles from commercials to help people remember things. My, my wife even helped our daughter when he was really young, learned our address by setting it to a little tune uh, so she could remember where we lived. Somebody ever asked her when she, before she could read or write. Father God, we, we thank you, Father God, for helping us to be able to take advantage of the way we've been created in your image, and you do make us as, as to be in harmony with you as a musical instrument that we could be used of you if we were tuned properly, as we're properly learning how to bring forth the garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness, Father God, in Jesus' name. So we come before the throne of grace with thanksgiving because of what Jesus did, because none of us deserved it. And all these people, they're just confused, Father. They're just all the LGBTQ people, just so confused, Father God. But that didn't come from you. That came from the enemy, the spirit of error. And we ask you to deliver all those that can be delivered, Father God, including the Sylvia person, Father God, who comes across as pretending to know a lot about the Lord, but it's not knowing about him, it's knowing him intimately. It's not a religion, as pastors are being said, it's definitely a relationship. Yes, I did come out of a, a church that had all the liturgy and the trappings on the outside, and, and, and it, it was interesting, that the, the blend there, because when I started seeing some of these things, and what was the Episcopal, uh, what do they call it, um, prayer book, a lot, a lot of them were taken from Scripture, and they were fresh and new to me. But the people that had been saying the same things over and over again like a mantra, it meant nothing to them. It meant absolutely nothing. But, Father God, I was such a baby back then. As a, as a young person, such a child, even 30 years old, I was such a child, Father God. But you can teach us all. And you've been teaching me for a long time now, Father God. <clears throat> and you can teach all these people. We ask you to teach all those that can be taught, Father God, and grant them each one that needs it. Even as that man that came to Pat Holiday all those years ago and was planning to change his sex, you granted him the gifts of repentance. And you're no respecter of persons. What you've done for one, you'll do for another. And, Father God, we ask you to help everyone, including all those connected with to me, even those people that are just conventional homosexuals, Father God. They're not trying to groom children, per se. They're not into the whole LGBTQ plus business, Father God. Those people are just a little bit confused. They're not wildly confused, Father God. We ask you to save their souls, including those connected related to each of us. I'm sure that maybe I'm not the only one who has relatives that have gone that way, Father God, in Jesus' name, that have been uh, had family members that maybe touched them inappropriately when they were children, Father God. And a lot of other people want to touch children inappropriately, not just those who pretend to be in political office, pretend to be, have been elected instead of selected. Father God, we ask you to help those that can be delivered, to be fully delivered, Father God. Because you said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. And you said, if two of you on earth agree, trust you, anything you ask, it shall be done to my Father which is in heaven. And Father, we ask you to cause these teachers, like this, uh, this school district official, Nikki Hazel, to not just go along to try and ram this, or this programming through with the LGBT bunch of nonsense that was brought in uh, in the uh, two-thirds of the way through March, Father God, in Jesus' name, and, and to not even allow the Islamic parents, and they usually don't want to tread on anybody's toes, the Muslim parents who, who want to protect their children from all this confusion and perversion, Father God. Very interesting, Father God. Very interesting that some of the people who claim to be Muslims and they were in political office in the past, also are sexually confused, too. Father God, but most of the conventional Muslims are not sexually confused. 
they know that a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl. So, Father, we ask you to deliver all those that can be delivered. Praise, glory, and honor, Father. We thank you for the adjudication. We take authority, dominion, and power over the work of the enemy. And we thank you, Lord. Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever you've done to attack Brother Marshall's phone, I put it back on you and your equipment in the name of Jesus Christ. I return to sender right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord that your word has gone forth, and that the prayers that Brother Marshall is continuing to pray, we are in agreement with. We are in agreement with the intercession of Godhead concerning these matters that we presented to the righteous judge tonight, and we know that there will be intervention and there will be adjudications from your throne. We thank you, and we give you praise for it, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. 